Hello and welcome back to America's Lost History. I'm your host, Ron Wismer, and we are on episode 1.7, New Jersey. We're getting on in our quest to finish the signers of the Declaration here, folks. Um, so we're going to start with New Jersey. We have five delegates to go through, so we're going to get right into it. Our first delegate is Abraham Clark, born February the 15th, 1726, died September the 15th, 1794. Agent signing... 50. Born in Elizabethtown, New Jersey, the son of a farmer, Thomas Clark. Being born a farmer's son, Abraham had access to no formal education. Abraham took advantage of whatever books and teachers he could and became a surveyor. Though not formally admitted to the bar, Abraham became known as the poor man's counselor. He helped his neighbors with land disputes and other legal matters, often for no fee. In 1748, Abraham married Sarah Hatfield, and they had ten children together. Abraham started his political career at the, as a clerk to the Provincial Assembly and served as High Sheriff for Essex County. By 1774, he was well known as a local patriot and served on the Committee of Safety. He helped draft the New Jersey Constitution, and in 1776 he was le- elected to represent New Jersey in Philadelphia. He would serve in Congress until 1778, then again from 1780 to 83, and lastly from 1786 to 88. Two of Clark's children, and possibly a third, served in the Continental Army and were captured and imprisoned by the British. His son Thomas was imprisoned on the infamous Prison Hulk, Jersey. Prison Hulks were decommissioned ships that the British turned into floating prison camps. The conditions were horrible, and it was disease-ridden. His other son, Aaron, was thrown into the Sugar House prison in New York. His fellow inmates reportedly took pity on him and shared their meager rations with Aaron. Abraham Clark went on to attend the Annapolis Convention, which was the precursor to the Constitutional Convention. Clark went on to be the representative for New Jersey from 1791 to 1794. While supervising some men building a bridge on his lands, Abraham fell ill with sunstroke. He staggered home and died at the age of 68. Our next delegate is John Hart. Born around 1711, died May 11, 1779. We think his age at signing was 65. John Hart was born in Hopewell, New Jersey, the son of a local hero. His father, Edward Hart, had raised a corps of volunteers during the French and Indian War. This corps of volunteers, known as the Jersey Blues, joined Wolfe's expedition to Quebec, which was ultimately a British victory. John followed in his father's footsteps as a local farmer, and he was known as Honest John to the locals of Hunterdon County. He served on the Provincial Assembly and served as a judge, despite no formal education. In 1765, Hart traveled to New York for the Stamp Act Congress. His fellow elite New Jerseyans were opposed to opposition to the Crown and mostly supported the Intolerable Acts. The tide of popular support was turning against these Tory sympathizers. A Tory is a term used for someone who was a loyalist to the Crown. In 1776, the New Jersey delegation was much more pro-independence and included John Hart. After August 2, 1776, Hart returned to New Jersey where he was elected the first speaker of the newly elected General Assembly. Sadly, that year, his wife of 34 years, Deborah Scudder, with whom he had 13 children, died. By December 1776, Hart had to flee his home and live in the wilderness of New Jersey because the British had entered the area. Hart continued to serve as Speaker of New Jersey until his death from kidney stones in 1779. Francis Hopkinson, born September the 21st, 1737, died 
May the 9th, 1791. Age at signing, 38. Francis was born in Philadelphia to Thomas Hopkinson and Mary Johnson. His father, Thomas, was a member of the Junto, and with its founding member, Benjamin Franklin, worked on electricity experiments. Thomas Hopkinson founded the Academy of Philadelphia, now the University of Pennsylvania, and enrolled his son Francis in the first class. Francis graduated in 1757 and received his master's degree in 1760. He would go on to earn an honorary doctorate of law in 1790. Francis served as the secretary of a commission to sign a treaty with the Delaware Indians in 1761. In 1763, he was appointed customs collector for Salem, New Jersey. In, from 1763 to 1767, he was in England, making an unsuccessful bid to become Commissioner of Customs for North America. Upon his return to Philadelphia in 1768, Francis married Anne Borden, and they would go on to have five children. Francis was one of the Enlightenment Age Renaissance men. He invented musical instruments and made a keyboard for Franklin. He wrote possibly the first American opera, and he was a prolific author and composer. After settling down in Bordentown, New Jersey, with his, near his wife's family, he was sent back to Philadelphia to represent New Jersey in 1776. In 1780, Hopkins served on the committee that designed the Great Seal of the United States. The part that is going to shock most people, Hopkins appears to have designed the first American flag. Sorry, Betsy Ross fans, but evidence points to that, at best, Betsy reworked the original Hopkinson design of the flag. For his design service, Francis sent a bill to the Treasury Department for a half a cask of wine. And he is the only person on record as from Congress notes for designing a flag for the United States at that time. On September the 24th, 1789, President Washington appointed Hopkinson as a federal judge for the newly created U.S. District Court of Eastern Pennsylvania. Hopkinson would die two years later from a seizure. He was only 53. Richard Stockton, born October the 1st, 1730, died February the 28th, 1781, age at signing, 45. John Stockton was a wealthy landowner from Princeton, New Jersey. He would donate the land that would move the College of New Jersey from Newark to Princeton, where it remains today. Richard Stockton would grow up in the typical wealthy son. He would attend the best schools and he would graduate the College of New Jersey in 1748. He studied law under David Ogden and was admitted to the bar in 1754. He was a close friend of George Washington, and so was his wife, the poet Annis Boudot, with whom he had six children. Stockton served as a trustee for Princeton for 26 years, and while in Great Britain from 1766 to 67, he convinced Reverend John Witherspoon to head the college. In 1768, Stockton served in the New Jersey Provincial Assembly. In 1774, he served as on the Colonial Supreme Court. Stockton initially was a moderate patriot. He favored Americans ruling themselves, but still swearing loyalty to the king. By 1776, however, he voted for independence after being swayed by John Adams' passionate speeches. Prior to the Battle of Princeton, Stockton returned to his family estate at Morven, which is now a museum in New Jersey, but it had served as the governor's mansion for New Jersey for years. He helped provision American troops and then took his family to safety at Monmouth County. While in Monmouth County, he was betrayed to the Loyalist militia, who imprisoned him, first at Port Amboy and finally in New York. While in prison, Stockton took Admiral Howe's pardon by swearing allegiance to the king. Uh, he also swore to not take part in the war effort against Great Britain. Upon returning home, he was much maligned by his neighbors for his recanting his patriotism. 
1777, Stockton would re-swear his loyalty to the Patriot cause, but because of his parole would never serve in Congress again. In 1781, at the age of 50, Stockton would die from cancer. It's important to note that his contemporaries in Congress were never doubted his conviction to the Patriot cause and seemed to understand why he took the parole instead of serving in a British prison. Our last delegate today is John Witherspoon. Born February the 5th, 1723, died November the 15th, 1794, age at signing, 53. The Reverend John Witherspoon was born in Gifford, Scotland, the eldest son of Reverend James Witherspoon and Anne Walker. John obtained a Master's of Arts in 1739 from the University of Edinburgh, where he stayed on to study divinity. In 1764, he obtained an honorary doctorate of divinity from the University of St. Andrews. By 1745, he'd become a Church of Scotland minister, and the same year he married Elizabeth Montgomery, and they would go on to have ten children together. Richard Stockton and Benjamin Rush convinced Witherspoon to take the position as sixth president of the College of New Jersey, now at Princeton. Witherspoon turned a struggling school that primarily trained ministers into one of the premier universities in North America. Future leaders of America, James Madison and Aaron Burr, both attended Princeton under Witherspoon's tenure. In 1774, Witherspoon wrote an essay titled, Thoughts on American Liberty. This established him as an avowed patriot. In early 1776, he helped establish the new constitution for New Jersey. And then he helped lead the effort to remove the royal governor, William Franklin, the estranged, illegitimate son of Benjamin Franklin. Witherspoon served in Congress until 1787. In 1789, Witherspoon served as the moderator of the First Presbyterian Church General Assembly. In the same year, his wife Elizabeth died. In 1791, two years later, Witherspoon married 24-year-old Anne Dill, with whom he had two more children. The good reverend would go on to die in 1794. So that's our five delegates from New Jersey. Uh, We're plugging away. Next week will be Pennsylvania. I promise I'll get it out. Uh, It'll probably be a little early because of the holiday, but I will get it out before I go on vacation. So you guys have a great week. And as always, join me on the Facebook group, America's Lost History, to join the discussion.